Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. I also want to welcome our online worshipers to tonight's Bible study. And I pray that as we begin to examine the Word of God, the Lord himself will reveal himself to us in his Word. And our coming here tonight will not be in vain. In the name of Jesus. Tonight we are going to be looking at a topic which is still in line with our theme for the month. Our theme for the month is what? The name of the Lord. And the name of the Lord is what? Is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. So tonight we'll be looking at the believer's authority. The believer's authority. How many believers are in the house tonight? If you are not sure, you can keep your hands down. But if you are sure that you're a believer, can I see your hands up? Okay, some people are not sure. Okay, I'll reserve the questions for those who are not sure. Praise the Lord. The reason that actually about this topic uh, is something that the Lord has been laying on my mind uh, for some time now. And it's I don't know how to put it, but I'm going to use myself as an example. And why I've been asking that question within myself is this. Why, why, why does it seem as if my own authority and the authority of the present day church seems to be ineffective compared to the authority of the patriarchs of old? I've been asking myself that question. Why does it look like the church is so powerless that the forces of darkness are having a free reign in our lives, in our church, and even in the nation at large? I've been asking that question. Why do we keep on fighting the same battles and praying the same prayers day in, day out? And it seems as if God is not hamstring us. As I began to look at that, I began to think within myself, and uh, the Holy Spirit started ministering some things to me, which I intend to share tonight. But before I go into that, I, I want us to just look at this question. I'm going to be throwing out a couple of questions. Please, I need your answers because I don't know. So don't look at me. I'm just opportune to be here to be leading this, I don't have any monopoly of knowledge. And the Bible says that we know in part, so we can only prophesy in part. So I'll be asking a couple of questions. Please help me out. The first question is this. What do we think is responsible for seemingly lack of answers to our questions, the questions that we ask God, or the prayers that we pray. Pastor Haiti, please help me if there are contributions from online church. So that's the question number one. 
I need help. I don't want to be, my wife warned me before I leave the house, before I left, don't put anybody on the spot. So, and you know, women are, we are the head, but they are the neck. So, if the neck decides to, not to support you, then you're on your own. So I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. So, why does it seem as if our prayers are seemingly, and I'm deliberate in the choice of my word, not being answered? Yes, Rato sin. Or let me frame it in another way. What seems to be responsible to the lack of, the seemingly lack of answers to believers' prayers? Okay, well, maybe uh, impatience. Impatience. From, from the part of the believer, believer. that is requesting. Or maybe um, it's not coming at our time. Thank you very much, sir. What do you mean by it's not coming at our time? Coming at our time. Yeah. yeah. Can you just. Yeah, so what I mean is, you know, um, there is time for everything. And, yes. and I know that God will answer, answer our prayers at the right time. At the right time. It won't be late. It won't be yeah. too early. early. It won't be. Yeah. So our time is different from God's timing. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe. We, Thank you so yeah. much. God bless you, sir. Any other contribution? Yes, Sister Precious. Thank you so much, Rotosin. I'd like to say, maybe right now we have access to Google. So if anything happens, we literally we have to access Google. to the internet. So it's more like we know everything. Yeah, like, okay. So we know what's going to happen. Yeah. So why do we have to pray? So even if we pray, and it's taking like, oh, why is our prayer taking long? Instead of us actually going to the Holy Spirit to ask or to God what's going on, we Google okay. it. And then Google okay. would not give us reasons why. Okay. You know, and then we just base. So I'll go to Google. I'll go to Alexa. Okay, interesting. Thank you, Sister Precious. Any other contribution? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. My thinking is that um, we have left the primary focus. Hmm. The primary focus is submitting to God, taking delight in God, and loving God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, and every other thing will be added. But we want to start from the end. We want the other things to be added before we can seek the kingdom. Thank you very much, sir. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing. But we want to start with every other thing, and then we want to seek God. Thank you, sir. God bless us. Any other contribution? Thank you so, so much. Um, I'll come to you. Okay. Why do you think our prayers are seemingly not being answered? Distractions. Let's clap for her. Distractions. And that is key. We might trivialize it, but that is very key. Do you know that you can be in church and not be in church? You can be in church, but your spirit is not in church. I've been in church several times, especially on Saturdays, and my spirit will be with Premier League. I'm serious. I know that you people are very righteous. You are not like me. <laughs> I'll be in church, 
And I'll be tempted to check my phone. What's the scores between Chelsea and Man U? <laughs> While in church, that is distraction. And that's one of the things that devil used to steal our prayers. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you real good. Uh, as I was coming from Musjo this evening, uh, I was listening to a message from, I think his name is Kref, Kreflodola, on this particular topic. And he brought us some interesting points, which I want to share with you. As far as it's concerned, two of the most important reasons why our prayers are seemingly not being answered is number one, we are asking God to give us or to do what he has already done. I will go into the scriptures to take this. We are asking God to do what he has already done. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Technically, if you can help me. Matthew 10, chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them what? He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to do what? To heal all manner of sickness and all manner of what? Please, let's quickly jump to verse 7. We start from verse 7. Verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, please. Heal this, the what? Who is giving the command? Who is going to heal the sick? I can't hear you. Who is going to heal the sick? Believers. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Do we understand that passage? I'm, I'm not seeing convincing faces. Okay, let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you. Let's, let's look at the amplified version, if we have it. God bless you, sir. Behold, I give unto you what? And what? To trample upon serpents and, and physical and mental strength and ability over what? Is this some? All the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall what? Praise the Lord. Do we understand what we just read? Because, honestly, uh, the Holy Spirit has been teaching me some things lately that I have to change my prayers. You know, we spend a lot of time praying prayers that at the end of the day, God will just be shaking his head and looking at us. Now, what is wrong with these people? 
For example, Bratosin. Um, I'm not going to put you on the spot, so I just want to ask you a question. Or Sister Titi, if Toluwani should come to you and say, Daddy or Mommy, I'm thirsty, I want to drink water, and his hand can reach the fridge. No, I'm serious. His hand, he knows where the water is. What will you do? Why won't you answer? Because he knows the right thing to do. Because he knows the right thing to do. Okay, let me ask us another question. Pastor IT, sir, if you come back home in the evening and uh, you want to enter your house and it's dark, you know, when you were leaving, you didn't put the light on. So you came to church, you were leaving church around 10, 10 p.m., and then you opened your door, you entered your house. As you entered your house, I'm sure that the next thing you would do is to call Sax Power. My house is in darkness. Come and put up the light. Is that what you will do? No, sir. Are you sure? No, I'll call my wife. <laughs> <laughs> he said he would call his wife. So, Sister IBK, you now call Sax Power. Praise the Lord. As funny as it seems, that's exactly what we do. Honestly, when the Holy Spirit was teaching me and I was listening to that man, that's exactly what we do. I come into my house, I know where the switch is, and it's dark. What am I supposed to do? Flip on the switch, and what? Darkness will disappear. Light will come. But do you know that we... We sing some funny songs in church and we pray some funny prayers. That in all honesty, if we fast from now till eternity, there won't be any answers. It's not because God is deaf. It's just because there are principles that we have not followed. And that's what God has been teaching me. That I needed to change my prayers. You know, we sing some songs. We wait on you. How many people know that song? Sorry, what are we waiting for? No, I, I'm, I'm serious. To send down fire. God will help us. The second reason that the man gave, apart from the first that we are asking God to do what he has done already, is that we are also asking God to do what he has asked us to do. So we are asking God to do what he has already given us and say, this is your assignment, go and do it. And then we go back, God, we wait on you. And then we wait for eternity. And then it seems as if God is powerless. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 12. We all know that story very well. Um, Ephesians chapter 12. Maybe we start from... You know, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, sorry. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. I will start from verse 10. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. You can give us uh, the KJV version. Finally, my brethren, be what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, please. We are going to 17. Put on the word that ye may be able to... Can we have it in NKJV? Because I don't want to... That ye and ye and ye. I want us to avoid it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Please, I want us to be looking and be... I hope the, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten and understand because I, I, I'm trying to bring out some salient points that you may be able to do what? Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having guarded your waist with what? Truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will... Verse 17. Praise the Lord. Between verse 12 and verse 17, there's something I want you to note. How many you did you see there? How many you did you see there? At least three. Do you know that God has never promised us that he will fight Satan on our behalf? Go and check your scriptures. God never promised us That he was going to start fighting Satan on our behalf. When you read that verse, everything is about you. You. And the reason is simple because I have given you the authority, I have given you the power, I have given you the authority. You have the absolute authority. John chapter 14, verse 12. Which is the, the anchor verse for the school of discipleship in RCCG? John chapter 14, verse 12. Who can remind us? Pastor Aiti wants to try. Greater works. Thank you, Sister IBK. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do what? And greater works than this it will do because I go to my father. The question is, when God has 
done something or when he has asked us to do it, why are we throwing it back to him? I was discussing with um, Pastor Laulu earlier this evening and we were talking about some of the prayers we pray as Christians. Especially for those of us who come from, you know, the, the religious background. Let me put it that way. When we pray certain prayers. And you will sweat. Which means, Lord. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you, my sister. Kill the enemies. And God will just be shaking. I'm not killing anybody for you. And that's, it, it, might, it might seem so simple. But in reality, those are some of the reasons why we don't get answers. Apart from the issue of sin, which is also possible. But sin is very easy to deal with. Because I was listening, I, I don't know if it was um, one of Miles Morrow's messages, or I, I can't remember where I had that phrase. That the problem we have is not the problem of sin. It's the problem of sinners. That the simple way to eliminate sin is to take the sinner to Christ. Sin is a factor. I'm not realizing that. But sometimes our prayers too, they have no meanings. Our songs, they are meaningless because we don't even believe in them. Okay, what's our, our very popular song that we usually close the service with in PPP? We are the chosen generation. Oh yeah, Sister Precious. I'm enjoying you. Hold on, hold on. All you require for life, God has given you. Are you sure? Do you believe that? Continue. Do you know who you are? In Christ, you actually know. Continue. Okay. Interesting. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You are what? Walking in power. Walking in miracles. Do you, what is the population of Regina? No, I'm, I'm serious. What's the population of Regina? Less than 400,000. How many Christians do we have in Regina? Okay, assuming that maybe half of those people are Christians. Let's say, okay, the population of Saskatchewan is what? About 300, 320,000. Let's say half of that, maybe around 150, we are Christians. Do you know that if 10% of those 150, if 15,000 of believers 
are actually exercising that authority, that power, Regina will be on fire for Christ. Just 15,000 out of the 320. Just 15. Even in PPP here, do you know that the Lord will help us? If 20 people here, as we are seated here, if you're actually exercising that authority, and we don't leave it to pastors, do you know that this place will not contain us? When people see signs and wonders, you don't need to preach to them. They have enough problems that will bring them to church. But they are waiting for the manifestation of what? But are we manifesting? I'm walking in power. Where is the power? I'm walking in miracles. If 10 people, as we are seated here, can start demonstrating the authority, that God-given authority, things will turn around for us. I know some are doing it. I'm not discounting that. But I'm saying that if we can just have a reasonable number, pastor will have less counseling to do. Please, let's stop being religious. Let's start thinking about what we do. I know we come from religious background, just like me. You know, you fast, you fast some fasting, and then you pray some prayers, and then at the end of seven days or three days, we'll be wondering, what really happened? God is not fair. With all my fasting and prayers, he has not answered me. And God will just be looking. Who sent you? You have not followed the principles. We can't bribe God. We can't bribe God with fasting. We can't bribe God with prayers. We need to follow principles. Sister IBK, go ahead. Um, I wanted to kind of ask the question, to just, uh, just in line with the discussion, that what if the, the answer that you're waiting for is that you prayed, you actually took authority, and you prayed with a brother and said, Lord, heal this, pers um, heal this person of this headache, and that is not being answered. Because I feel like what you're teaching us is that we are to exercise that authority. Yes. What if we're exercising the authority, but we're not seeing the result? Praise the Lord. What if you are exercising the authority and we are not seeing the result? There are two answers I want to give. Number one is, I'll try to answer. Number two is, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not being diplomatic, but I'll try to answer. Some of the reasons is what we have given. You might think you are exercising that authority. But when we get to the last part of the outline, there are three factors that may inhibit or limit us. Number one, we need to know the source of our authority. We need to acknowledge that source. Number two, we need to be in right standing with the source of that authority, what the legal people will call local standing. You need to be in right standing with that authority. We all remember the, the case of the seven sons of Schaefer. Do you know that until Pastor mentioned it on Sunday, I used to think that they were unbelievers. That was my thought. I never knew they were children of priests. They were not, go and read your scriptures. They are not unbelievers. They are children of pastors. 
but they have no relationship with the source of, of that authority. Go ahead. In fact, all right. Uh, for me, I feel that. Um, Sorry, can I crave your indulgence, sir? Yes, can sir. you hold on till the I quickly go through the outline? It's not. It's not really an answer, but okay. the question you asked. Okay. So I will say that uh, most times we don't get an answer simply because sometimes God's answer is no. Hmm. I don't know if we thought about that before. We're praying about something and God is saying no. He has answered you, but you're looking for what you want. Why will God say no to me? Because we're if, praying amiss. If he loves me. Yes. And I'm praying in his will. Okay, if you're praying in his will. Yeah. And you are not getting the right answer. It's just probably he's teaching us patience. Because hmm. sometimes um, God does things. And like what he said, we want it now. And he's telling you, okay, I need you to grow hmm. before you are given this thing. I've answered you, I need you to grow to get it done. Thank you so much. God bless you, sir. Uh, Sister IBK, did you, did you get that? Did that answer your question? The other thing I want to add quickly is this. We should not forget the sovereignty of God. God is still sovereign. He decides to do what he wants to do. At any time he wants to do it. Sorry. You don't understand. <laughs> so, pray, pray, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you know that? Do you know that as simple as that question is? There are some answers we will not get on this side of eternity. Until we... Sorry, Pastor Haiti. Go ahead. There, truly, truly, there are some... Truly, there are some answers we will not get onto. That for the sake of our online um, participants, yeah. the question that was asked... Um, by our sister <laughs> was she just spoke the mind of many people if God is going to do what he's going to do when he's going to do it so then why are you asking us to ask <laughs> why are you asking us to be praying what's the point of so what I wanted to say truly there, there are many there are probably many answers to it one of the answers though that more recently in my journey I've discovered to that is there's a lesson in itself with asking. There's a lesson in itself with with doing that. And one of the lessons with it is humility. Mm. We we can never receive anything from God if we've not you said humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and then he will exalt you in due time. Mm. And the process of asking in itself is a very humble act mm. that you are putting yourself in a position of 
being beneath another to receive favor from that person and when god says when jesus said you've not received because you've not asked me a huge part of that is because you've not humbled yourself to see that i'm the one that will give you so when we when we exercise ourselves to pray we actually and some of the some of the things that i'm finding even for me that can be one of the things that hinders our reception is that our our prayer sometimes is not praying is entitled Christ, you know, like, don't you know you are supposed to be healing me right now? What's wrong with you, God? <laughs> you know, versus, you know, a, a humble ask that, that we should receive from him. So that's just a thought I was going to contribute. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. I don't have an answer, but I will propose an answer. Do you know that sometimes when we say we are asking, we are not really asking because we are not asking with faith. Sometimes we are asking just as a routine. I'm in church. They're asking us to pray, so let me go pray. But I have no belief that my prayers will be answered. And I'll give you an example. I was listening to one of the messages of um, Kenneth Higgins. I don't know how many people have read that book. And I, I, I can't remember. Maybe it was a book or the message that I was listening to. He said, in one of the occasions that Jesus came to him in real life, he said Jesus was talking to him and they were discussing very important points. And then the next thing we'll see was that a demon came in the form of a monkey and started making noise. And he couldn't hear what God was saying or what Jesus was saying. And he was hungry and he was looking at Jesus. Aren't you going to do something about this idiot? That is not allowing us to rest. And the monkey continued to make noise. And he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. So he got to understand that he got angry. And said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to, to leave. And he said, that monkey, that demon, just went down with his tail between his legs. And kept quiet. And then he was amazed. And then he looked at Jesus why didn't you do anything about it? And Jesus told him, if you had not done anything about it, I wouldn't do anything about it. So sometimes, even when we say we are praying, our mind is not there. We don't even have faith. Do you know that we can pray corporate prayers in church? Some people get their answers, others will not. What's the difference? It's not because God is deaf. People on this side, he will answer them. And people on this side, he will not. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. There, are be, there might be some other factors which I don't want us to go into. But the thing is that we still need to understand the sovereignty of God. But like one past American president said, if you don't ask at all, how will you know whether you're going to get an answer or not? I can't remember, maybe it was the elder George Bush or the, the, the younger one who said, it is sad to fail, but the greatest sadness of all is to pass through life not knowing either victory or defeat. How will I know whether I'm going to succeed if I refuse to try? What has been holding some of us in bondage is the fear of trying. I... When I was younger, I had a cousin who was very sick, and I went to her 
to pray one day. And I was very mad in my spirit. That time I was still in MFM. And I was mad in my spirit. I went to pray that this, 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 this daughter of, of Jehovah has been in bondage for years. So in my anger, I went there to pray. And I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I sweated. And a couple of days later, she died. And I was mad. I was angry with God. With all my fasting, with all my prayers. And it was because I lacked understanding. God is still sovereign. I remember a story that Daddy Adiboye told us sometimes ago. That there was a time he was praying for, he prayed for somebody, maybe a relative. He prayed for, for days and for weeks and that person didn't get healed. And he was angry. And he went to God and God told him, are you the healer? Are you the one doing it? Is, are you the healer or am I? And then I was, he said, he now realized that the Lord will help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have the outline, so I'm not going to go through everything because our time is far spent. There's a difference between power and authority. That's, that Luke chapter 10, verse 19, the first part is actually, I give unto you not power, because KJV wrote it as power, but it's authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. A, a traffic warden or a traffic cop has the power. When he raises his hand, it doesn't matter how many cars are coming. What are they going to do? Why will they stop? That cop has no physical ability to stop the car. But he has the authority that is backing him up by virtue of his uniform and the law. So when he raises his hand, it's not because he has the physical power to stop those cars. It's because they have to respect that authority that is backing him, and that's why they stop. If you have power and you don't have authority, then that power might not be effective. Because you need the authority to be able to exercise your power. I hope I'm making sense. I don't know how else to put it. We need authority to exercise the power. The Greek interpretation for power is dunamis. It means inherent power, the ability to act, having the might, efficiency, ability to do something. And then when it comes to authority, the Greek word is um, exousia. It talks about ruling power, being authorized to act, having the right to do something. The source of our authority is the delegated authority of Christ, which he gained or which he regained from Satan through Calvary's victory. So quickly, I'm going to go through some of the what we have in the outline. You can read it on your own. So what really is the authority of the believer? Before we start enumerating all the things that fall under the authority of the believer, we must first acknowledge that the believer himself is also under authority. If you are not under authority, you cannot exercise authority. 
some of us, we don't want to be under, like, I, I don't want, this not, this not, I don't want to go off point, but the Bible says the husband is what? That means he has authority over the wife. Christ has authority over the church. A parent has authority over what? The children. Do you know that sometimes we can work ourselves out of that authority? And then we want to exercise authority. If you are not under authority, you cannot exercise authority. Even judges and pastorality will testify. Judges are under authority. They don't make the laws. They only interpret. It is the assembly that will make the, the house of assembly or the parliament that will make the laws. And then the parliament, they are also subjected to every two, two years or every four, four years, they will be voted out by the people. So you have to be under authority to exercise authority. But some of us, we want to exercise authority, yet we don't want to respect authority. And it doesn't work that way. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So God is the author of all authority. We have absolutely no authority outside of God. So when a believer disconnects from God, he loses whatever authority he has. Like the example of the traffic cop I gave. If he resigns tomorrow, or he loses his job, he can't come in the middle of the street and raise his hand. He will be hit by a car. Because he, has no, he no longer has that authority. So your authority is as good as the source of your authority. So the first, the first one I'm going to look at, the authority by virtue of who we are in Christ. Authority by virtue of who we are in Christ. As spirit-led believers, we are sons and daughters of God by adoption. Romans 8, 14 to 16. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. So anyone who believes in Christ will do the same work as he did, even greater works like we read in John 14, chapter 12. Jesus came and exercised his God-given authority on earth. The devil tempted him, but Jesus never yielded to him. Satan lost every battle with Jesus, and that was why he was qualified to take away our sins. He died for them, he went to hell, rose again, and said in Matthew 28, from verse 18, all authority, that is, all, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus won by the God-given authority that mankind lost to Satan. This is the same authority that is being shared with us. The second authority is authority by virtue of what we have. The first one is who we are in Christ. The second authority is what we have in Christ, that is, by virtue of our inheritance. In the beginning, God, of course, had all the authority. All power and all authority have to emanate from God because he is the only one who has power in himself. That's why he's called the omnipotent. Everything else is delegated from him. Then in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26, when God created Adam and Eve, he said, let them have dominion over all the earth and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And then in Psalm 115 verse 16, it says, The heaven and the heavens are the Lord, but the heart has it given to the children of men. We know that at the beginning, God had all the authority. 
absolute authority. And then when he started having children or when he started making human beings, he gave the authority to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, what did they do? They gave that God-given authority to Satan. Do you know that Satan couldn't have forced Adam and Eve to relinquish their authority? He had no power to do it. Satan couldn't do it. What he could do is what he did. He used what they call subtlety. This, the, the Bible refers to Satan as what? A sly. There's another word for being sly. Cunning. Because he didn't put his boot on Heath's neck and ask her, you must eat that. They said it's apple. I don't know if it's apple or orange. That you must eat that fruit. He couldn't do it. Adam and Eve had more authority than Satan. So Satan couldn't just take the authority from them. He had to be cunning. And that was what he did. And God the God given authority from Adam and Eve. And because of that, man fell. We ceded the authority to Satan. And God could not do anything. He was powerless. Not because he couldn't do it and turn it around, but that would be against his integrity. God doesn't go against his word. He has given the heart to the children of men. God, can, God is a spirit. If God wants to come to the heart, I can tell him, God, you have no local standing. You can't operate here. He has to come in the form of human beings because it's only human beings that have authority on heart. And that was why God himself had to come as a human being to take the authority back from Satan. And that's the authority we have in Christ. The only difference is that now we have a shared authority with Christ so that we don't hand it over back to Satan. God cannot go against his word. God is bound by his word. And that's why he cannot just say, okay, we have to rewind. Satan, you can't just take it. I, I need that thing back. He's bound. Not that he couldn't do it, but he would lose his integrity. Because next time when he says something, you won't believe him. And God is bound by his integrity. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The third one, Authority by virtue of our position. Authority by virtue of where we are in Christ. Philippians 2, from verse 9 to 10. Philippians 2, from 9 to 10 to 10. Can we quickly have that? Philippians 2, 9 to 10. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name that is, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things underneath the earth. And when you combine that with um, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 23, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 23, 
Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. 20, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be what? The head over all things. To the, which is what? Christ is the head. We are his body. Christ cannot go somewhere. The head cannot go somewhere without the body. The authority that he has, he has given it to us. If you combine this with Ephesians 2, I think verse 6. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And raise us up together and has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is our position with Christ. I don't know if we actually understand it, but this is where we are. This is where we are sitting. So how on earth will I be sitting in heavenly places with Christ and Satan will have the audacity to come and touch me. It is impossible. No, I mean, let's be, how can I be seated? That means he, he will come and touch Christ. Uh-uh. Habba. But we need to understand our position. We need to understand the kind of authority we have. Brethren, I don't know how else to put it. That's what God has been teaching me, that I've not been exercising my own authority. And he can't help me. Because he has given me that authority. He's not going to do for me what he has already done. Or what he's asking me to do. I have to step up. And that's the challenge I'm throwing to every one of us now. We need to step up. We need to step up. The only way to know or the only way, let me put it this way, the only way to exercise your God-given authority is what? Church. The only way to exercise our God-given authority is what? The only way to exercise our God-given authority, there's only one way. is to, to start exercising our God-given authority. There is no other way. He's not going to do it for us. The only way is to start exercising. You don't understand. I don't know how else to put it. The only way we can start exercising that God-given authority is to start exercising it. He's not going to do it for us. He has given us that authority. So we need to step up and start exercising it. If you exercise it, and it doesn't work. Don't crucify yourself. Go back. And that's what, you know, that's what Satan uses to deceive us. 
He will say, I told you, it's not going to work. And then you accept it. You prayed. You fasted. It didn't work. I've told you it's not going to work. And then we, are, we, we believe that lie. Anytime Satan is coming and saying that, I, I know what I always, a liar, just get out. If it doesn't work for you, it will work for me. Please don't accept that defeat. That's where Satan wants to put us. Let's start exercising that God-given authority. And we start seeing manifestation in Jesus' name. Wow. Our time is far spent. Let's quickly look at the authority of Satan. It is true that Satan is a major player in the spiritual realm. Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So we know that Satan is a major player in the spiritual realm. He has his army of demons. However, he is a fallen and defeated foe. Luke 10, 18. He is a fallen foe. As far as the believer is concerned, Satan has absolutely zero authority. I put that zero in capital, in case you don't know. As far as a believer is concerned, Satan has zero authority. He can only... When Satan wanted to tempt Jesus... He knew he couldn't force Jesus to do anything. The best he could do was to try to be cunning and tempt him. And how did Jesus handle it? He replied using the word. It is written. I'm not subjected under you. You are under me. You have no right or authority to even question me. As a believer, and I'm saying this again, Satan has zero Sorry, I hate to say this, and I'm also included. If Satan is taking shots at you, examine yourself. Maybe you are the one supplying the bullet. I'm serious. If Satan is playing with you in your dreams, maybe you are the one that is supplying him the bullet. And if you don't stop him, he will come back. I remember that um, when Pastor Barika was here, there was a time I, he made a prayer with him, with me, because I told him I was having this bad, this bad dream. And for three days, I was having it. Satan was tormenting me. Ah. And I had to, we were discussing, and I told him, saying, ah, it's a lie. Satan has no authority to do that. Ah. You know how he talks. Ah, that. No, he can't, he can't do that. And he was saying with authority, just like they were asking Jesus that he, he, he teaches us like someone with authority, unlike the scribes. What made Jesus different from the scribes? That even they can realize that he teaches as someone with authority. Barika was saying that, no, he can't, he can't try with me. You know, sometimes you look at Barika and say he's boasting. You can't try with me. Ah, for three days, it's coming. And, ah. and I knew that it was my fault. Believe it or not, God is not going to come down and stop Satan from tormenting me in my dreams. I can pray from now till eternity. If I don't handle it myself, he will continue to mesmerize me, but like Pastor used to say. 
the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Satan has absolutely authority, no authority. It's very subtle, it's lie, it's deceptive. Like um, it's recorded in Genesis chapter 3. He can't do anything. He cannot. He has absolutely no power against us. He tried with Jesus and he failed. James chapter 4 verse 7 tells us that we should submit ourselves to God. We should resist what? The devil and he will flee from us. So, what are the benefits of believers' authority? Quickly, I'm going to go through that. Or what are the, what are the benefits and the disadvantages of not having the, the authority? Number one, a believer without authority is like a prey in the hands of the enemy, like I just mentioned you now. A believer without authority will just be kicked around by the enemy. And there is nothing God can do about it. I'm seeing blank faces. I hope the Holy Spirit will minister to me as he ministered to me. The Holy Spirit will minister to you. Please believe it. He has no authority over you. He has none. And if you find yourself being tossed around, examine yourself. Go back. Because a believer without authority will continue to be a prey in the hand of Satan. Number two, a believer without authority of the world will fall for Satan's temptation. Some of us will keep on repeating certain habits because Satan will come and tempt us. And you say, no, that's my nature. It's not your nature. You can deal with it. He tried with Jesus, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Jesus was also tempted, just like us. Satan did not fear Jesus. He tried him. But Jesus was able to overcome. It is written. It is written. It is written. Please, you have to be vast in the world. That's the only weapon you can use against Satan. That's the weapon he understands. You need to be vast in the world. A believer without authority like I said earlier on, will be subjected to the caprices and whims of Satan. Number three, believer's authority comes with responsibility. And that is very key. Luke chapter 17, verse 10, John chapter 5, verse 30. We won't be able to read it because of our time. You cannot enforce the authority and reject the responsibilities. Your authority comes with responsibility. So you cannot reject the responsibility and then you try to enforce the authority. It doesn't work that way. James chapter 4 verse 7. Therefore, and it is only when you have submitted a what? So you have a responsibility. Like my sister was asking, why are some of those prayers not being answered? I don't know, but maybe that's one of the reasons. Your authority comes with responsibility. And you cannot be claiming the blessing without following the responsibility. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Number four, we need authority to preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, and then verse 20. Also, we need authority to teach. Mark 1, verse 22. 
We also need the authority to stand against the wiles of Satan. Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. The whole armor of God that we went through. You realize that it was saying you, you. You is the subject of those verses. God is there with you to back up his word. But all will be worthless unless you take your position of authority and assume the responsibility to use what he has provided for you. Please, when you go back, go and read that Ephesians 6, 10 to 17 again. God is not saying that he will put on the hammer for you. He said what? Put on. He's not saying that he will come and put it on for you. You have to put on the whole armor of God. Everything there is you, you, you. But sometimes we pray, come, God, Satan is tormenting me. Come and deal with Satan. He's not going to come and deal with Satan. God is not a trespasser. He doesn't have authority in this realm. You don't believe me. He doesn't. He has given you. God can only come into this realm by inhabiting a human body. He has no local standee. He has no legal authority. You don't understand. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Authority in God's word confers power over the storms of life. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. When the storm came and Jesus was in the boat and the disciples were panicking and he came and rebuked the storm. In the last verse, which is um, Mark chapter 11, verse, I think verse, Mark chapter 4, verse 41. Mark chapter 4, verse 41. Because of our time, I will just read it. And they fear exceedingly. I said to one another, who can, be, who can, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Even inanimate objects, we have authority over them. Please, let's begin to exercise that authority. I'm really charged off. Let's begin to exercise it. I, I don't know how else to say it. We just need to exercise it. Pastor's workload will be a lot reduced. And lastly, your authority will be challenged. Don't think that your authority will not be your authority will be challenged. When you look at Mark chapter eleven, verses twenty-seven to twenty-eight, Mark eleven twenty-seven to twenty-eight, and they feared. No, Mark eleven twenty-seven to twenty-eight. Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him. Twenty-eight. And they said unto him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? Your authority will be challenged. Satan fears that the moment you start using that authority, he has lost the battle. So he will challenge you. And one of the ways he will challenge you is that when it seems as if your prayer is not being answered, he will say, Shebi, I told you. Did I not tell you? You a bloody sinner. Your authority will be challenged. Go back. Go back to the drawing board. 
In conclusion, the efficacy or the effectiveness of your authority depends on three things. Number one, the source of your authority. Power pass power. The efficacy of your authority depends on the source of your authority. Number one. It, who is the source of your authority? You are not saying it convincingly. So, when the Bible, when, when the Bible says he has given him a name that is above every other name, that the mention of the name of Jesus, every what? Every name must bow. Every knee of sickness. In heaven, on earth, even underneath the heart. Every knee must bow. That's the source of your authority. And every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. That's the source of your authority. So, which other authority do you need? Do you know that the occultic, they have a lot of confidence in their authority. And we Christians, we don't seem to have the same confidence in our own authority. How many people have met the people in the occult before? When I was in secondary school, I was in the body department, and there was this guy who told, who told somebody else, because his father was um, an infant priest, that I will deal with you. And he was saying with all confidence. We were in body department, I was in class three. He said, I will deal with you, and we all started fearing. In fact, I think his bunk was about two or three bunks away from me. I had to move my bunk. If the people in the occult, if they, must, if they so have this kind of confidence in the authority, what about us? What is wrong with us? It doesn't. It's your belief. Did we hear that? You go back. The drawing board. I read, I, I read the story of this man. Um, what's this? Reverend Umau Pai. I read the story a long time ago. He said um, he met a man who was into the occult. That man was walking through the city of Calabar. And the man said, as he was walking around, he was seeing people and saying they are interesting. It's like his eyes were astray. As he was walking around the street of Calabar, he would see people and he would see like... Um, is it MRI or what do you call it? Like X-ray. And then the man encountered Reverend Dr. Umar Ukbai, And he realized that he couldn't see anything. And out of all the people there, Umar Ukbai was the only one that he couldn't see anything. So he had to go to him. Who are you? Where did you come from? Which power backs you up? My sister, power past power. You agree? Let's begin to walk in that authority. We have it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Number two, your authority or the effectiveness of your authority depends on your right relationship with the source. We have talked about it, like the seven sons of Schaefer. And the last one, which is very key. This, the efficacy of your authority depends on you believing that that authority is real and that it will work for you. That is the challenge that many of us have. You need to believe that that authority is real and that it will work for you. 
Many of us don't believe that it will work for us. We are doubting. Let's try it. Prophet, <laughs> should we need to try it? Tonight, let's begin to try tonight. Let's begin to exercise it. When you want to sleep, and you know that you've been having, like me, you've been having this these dreams. Tell Satan that if you come tonight, you are getting burned. Do you know that I don't know how to say it. I think I've told some people before there was, a, there was a, a day a couple of years ago that Satan attacked my wife in the night. It was around 2 a.m. and it was a real battle. And I was panicking. The first thing that came to me is that I needed to call pastor. Honestly, that was the first thought. And I was looking for my phone because I, I couldn't handle it. And then something just told me, why don't you declare? There's a difference between supplication and declaration. The Holy Spirit just told me, why don't you declare? And I started declaring. And I started using Bible verses. Job, Job chapter 22, verse 28. You shall decree a thing and I shall be established unto you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Whatever I lose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. And I started praying. And within a couple of minutes, that manifestation stopped. And I was wondering, so if I called pastor and I woke him up at 2 a.m. in the night for something I could have done. But I didn't trust myself. You need to try it. Start using your authority. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to rise up. Break every chain. 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 We'll take it one more time. There is power in the name of Jesus. Choir, please help me. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We are going to declare. You are going to use that name, that name of Jesus. I don't know what chain you have in your life. I know my own chain. And you are going to start using that chain now to break every chain in your life. And by the power that raised Jesus Christ from there, He's going to start working for you. In the name of Jesus. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, 
you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.